Hi, everybody. My name is Tim Johnson, and this is In the Neighborhood with Stacy Borjo. Good morning. And we have Mary Lee Nunley with us today. Good morning as well. Um, just before we get started, uh, we do have some Riverman tickets that we're giving away. Um, check out What's Up Peoria, uh, especially for Saturday and Sunday, and she'll tell you how to um, register for those. We have eight sets of tickets, so wow. um, we're giving away two sets of four so awesome easy to win just um follow the directions on the video and and watch the what's so, up peoria what's up peoria okay uh, on facebook so can i win too probably, <laughs> probably not, not. <laughs> anyways <laughs> so mary lee is with uh retreat and refresh stroke camp and i think it kind of hits home it hit home a little bit more for me because I'm dealing with a little bit of Bell's palsy. And uh, for those that don't know, it's, well, they, the more I find out about Bell's palsy, the less that the doctors really know what it is. Um, but it's some kind of nerve issue uh, with the face. It should mostly go away for me, but makes it a little bit harder to speak and makes it so I can't really close my eye without manually shutting it. So... Um, You'll see me blink my eye every once in a while manually. But anyways, stroke. Tell us, tell us, <laughs> it's a wide open tell conversation. <laughs> tell us all. Tell us everything. Uh, stroke camp, what is it and uh, how did it start? Okay. Um, stroke camp was a result of my wanting to do more for my local support group following my husband's stroke. Um, in 2001, uh, my husband had a, a significant stroke. Um, there's all levels of stroke, but uh, his was a pretty bad stroke. And, um, you know, it, when it hits you, and it, particularly if you don't have any knowledge of stroke, I had been through a lot of health issues with him, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, he even had had two open heart surgeries, six weeks, three months, you're back to normal. And with stroke in my mind, I thought, well, okay, I can do this again for another six or eight weeks, not realizing that it is a brain injury. And a significant part of his brain was damaged and it technically dies and it's never coming back. The brain does not regenerate in any way. Um, so as time went on, um, I recognized the caregiving uh, responsibilities were, were pretty significant. And, you know, I, I had this point at about the two year mark where I'm like, I just can't, I just can't do this. It's, but I loved my support group and I loved the people that I met there. And I saw people who had been doing the caregiving journey for many years. And I thought, well, they can do it. Surely I can do it. But I wanted to know more. Um, the backstory of doing the camp is that my family had done church camps, family camps, and my sister and her husband had done camps for children with cystic fibrosis for a number of years, 20 years prior when we were much younger. <laughs> so the idea of doing the camp was normal and natural for me in my life's experiences. So I said, how about we put together a weekend retreat for our survivors and caregivers here locally, the Peoria area. Um, and we said, sure. So in 2004, with a lot of support from physicians, OSF and some other individuals who were cheerleaders, we did that first retreat. Um, Dr. Wong, who was uh, a real cheerleader for me, um, 
and he's at OSF, a neurologist. Uh, he said, write an article. So I wrote an article for Stroke Connection magazine, and they published it. Very cool. And then I started hearing from people all around the country, uh, where can I go to camp? And being naive, I said, oh, let me find one for you. And as I did my research, um, and Google wasn't quite as advanced as it is now <laughs> back right. then, yeah. um, I, I couldn't find any. Eventually, I found a couple of places in the nation that did it. Um, so a few years, so we continued to do them locally for three years. Um, and it became apparent to Larry Scher, who is now our CEO of our umbrella company, uh, he said, why don't we take Stroke Camp to the people? So how it evolved was us going to stroke centers or hospitals that treated stroke patients with some significance uh, and saying, would you like to bring this weekend retreat to your the people in your community? Mm -hmm. The weekend is made up of socialization, support, education, and relaxation. And it is as much for the caregiver as it is for the survivor because I knew I needed support. I needed someone to cheer me along. And now I'm blessed in being able to cheer lots of other people along as we travel the country. Um, this year, um, at the end of November, we will complete 33 camps in 19 different states. Wow. And this year we opened up a Western division out of the Denver area so that someone there has everything that we have in our Peoria office to load up and take the circus to town. Hmm. <laughs> well, I, okay, there's two things that we're about is um, community and Peoria. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the two things. People, we like to focus on people that make a difference in Peoria. Um, but that's something that started here, but it's gone. How many camps do you have across the country now? This year, we'll do 33. We've done almost 200 camps since we started. Wow. And that's amazing. Across the country. Yeah. yeah. And it just saw a need, and you went for it. Yeah. A passion, right? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. And a need <laughs> combination, that right? That shows, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, because yeah. look at the impact now that you've had from taking that thought process and doing something with yeah. it. One of the things um, that I discovered about survivors is that um, your services are directly related to your insurance, bottom line. Unless someone is very well-to-do and has, has the resources, there's a point where you plateau and, and things slow down and the insurance will no longer pay. And a lot of people hear the message of, well, this is the best it's going to be, and they go home and sit in their recliner. Um, but stroke recovery continues the rest of your life. My husband now, he had aphasia, which is the speech and language uh, difficulty, and it's not about intelligence. It's about retrieval of words. Right. Um, and so he couldn't and still has trouble retrieving the words he wants from time to time. He's conversational now. But it was four and five years before he really could put a sentence together comfortably and appropriately and have really carry on a conversation. But even now he switches words and you know gets you know a little bit particularly if he's tired, that, that kind of happens when you're tired. So you may not have direct services. So Stroke Camp ha has that element of survivors together and they have their own discussion group mm -hmm. and they cheer each other on. Oh my gosh, you're talking so much better than you did last year. I may not recognize my husband's improvements, but someone else tells him that, and he's like, yes, I can keep going. And we do the same with the caregivers in our discussion group. So it's just, it's just a huge love fest. 
<laughs> in the best way. But I'm sure sharing experiences, though, and then also resources, too, because none of us know everything. Mm -hmm. And so bringing so many different people that have something in common together, they're able to also kind of brainstorm and, mm -hmm. and look at different ways of looking at things or sharing and knowing that you're not alone because... Mm -hmm. You know, that's the other thing is, you know, the feeling of, I'm sure you felt that way of being alone, yeah. taking care of your husband, and your husband felt the same way mm -hmm. with going through what he was going through. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that's huge. Just bringing, just bringing people together is, is really what it's all about. And each camp has, um, we asked the sponsoring hospital or facilities, uh, rehab centers and such, to bring on volunteers. Mm -hmm. So we will have, at our camps, we'll have nurses neurologists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists who volunteer for the weekend. Awesome. So I get to pick someone's brain for the entire weekend about my own personal questions and my own personal journey, uh, which, is, which is really huge. And here locally, uh, Illinois Neurological Institute at OSF, they do sponsor a camp um, locally and then retreat and refresh. We do fundraising to sponsor two additional camps. So there's three camps that are available um, in, in the central Illinois area. In addition, we do strike out stroke at a Peoria Chiefs game, which is stroke awareness, the fast message, stroke awareness. We also um, do youth education on stroke, which is fifth grade uh, education at local schools to get the message to the fifth graders um, about stroke, the signs of stroke, so that if a parent or a grandparent or someone that they see has the signs of stroke, they might be able to make an impact. And we're aware of a handful that have detected a stroke. A most recent one was a grandfather getting ready to go back home and the children had just had the youth education four months prior and said, mom, you gotta call the hospital, grandpa's having a stroke. Wow. And we went back and chatted with them and they recognized the signs, he had all of them, slurred speech, droopy face, and they got him to the hospital for um, the clot busting drug and he has practically no residual effects from it because they got him to the hospital. From educating a fifth from, grader. From educating a fifth grader. So, and, and one of the things that we are expanding and trying to do, and we have a new umbrella organization called United Stroke Alliance, is going into communities and making an impact with prevention, awareness, and then recovery. The camp is part of the recovery. We also locally have a uh, chimes choir, which is made up of of stroke survivors and their caregivers that play the chimes. Have you seen this? Yes, you, you came the out to Rotary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah, are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was so Hardly cool. Hardly a dry eye in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and we still have spots for survivors and caregivers in that, in that chimes group. Uh, and we perform all around the community um, when, when we're asked, and we're getting ready to do our Christmas um, songs and tunes. I think that's when you came was for Christmas. Yeah. So it, 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 it's all about it, it, it's all about community. And um, another thing that just popped into my head, stroke survivors often were involved in the community. They did volunteer work. Mm -hmm. they, they belonged places. And sometimes if, if their deficits are pretty significant, then they very well might um, not be able to do the give back. So the fifth grade education includes them going into the classroom, whether they're in a wheelchair or, or ambulatory, and talking to the students about their experience. The chimers give them a chance to perform and to give back in the community. And they usually perform at the strikeout stroke, and then they hand out information and such. So we also have fit together ways that they can give back to the community in a different way, but still be vital. Wow. Um, 
That's very impressive. So taking a challenge, and sometimes, you know, we'll get stuck in that, you know, I'm poor me, <laughs> and I, I'm just going to wallow in it and get worse, right? Because mm -hmm. no one that's sad is going to get better. Right. You see people who mm -hmm. kind of take yeah. the bull by the horns that get better, mm -hmm. that say in their brain, this isn't going to conquer me. Right. Right? So yeah. that's really cool that they turn around and give back, like that big circle. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so cool. Yeah. So the camp, you think of camp, are they going out in tents? <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. Yeah. Absolutely not. The <laughs> facilities that we have and that we use locally and across the country have private rooms with private bathrooms, which is really necessary for um, a, a significant number of our individuals. They need the privacy for toileting and dressing and bathing and all of that, um, where the meals are provided and then there's meeting rooms uh, so that we can congregate and do all the activities that we do throughout the weekend uh, so it's not camping in that sense but we try and have a campfire and we go to places where there's paddle boating or we don't do canoes because we tried that once and yeah. you tip over a canoe with a stroke survivor it's really hard to get them out of the water <laughs> it just really is just let me say but paddle boats um, pontoon boats and then some places have zip lining and wow. to see a stroke survivor zip line Oh my gosh, just too much. Uh, and rock wall climbing. So depending on what the facility has, um, we participate in those activities. We always get golf carts. So even it's just a golf cart ride through beautiful settings, which most of them are hundreds of acres of mm -hmm. things to look at and things. And, and a lot of times uh, the survivors will say, I just never get out because it's functional. You go to a doctor's appointment on your wheelchair or if, if you, even my husband, who is ambulatory, is so incredibly slow and he gets so tired that we don't get out in nature, put him on a golf cart and you get out in nature. And there's just something therapeutic about the wind in your face and your hair blowing and just the visual connection of the beauty of nature. Right. So that's one of the big parts of the weekend. Where are some of the places you've had these camps, just to give us an idea? Facilities or yeah, cities? Facilities. Even uh, locally, so then someone might. We actually we go to we go to Pilgrim Park up in Princeton locally. Okay. We used to do them at Living Springs Camp in Lewiston, but that the church has closed that camp, so we don't go there any longer. But Princeton, it's about forty miles, mm -hmm. so it's it's a reasonable drive. Um, over in Iowa, we go to Camp Courageous, which is a handicapped um, camp. Uh, let's see, uh, we go to Lutheran Outdoor Ministry Center up by Rockford in Oregon, Illinois. Lovely, lovely mm -hmm. facility. Yeah, that's a beautiful. Uh, and they have that. They have the second longest zip line, and they adapt it for us up up there. So that's we do three camps up there each wow. each year. Uh, and then you know we have uh, a place out in Denver in the mountains. Uh, Highlands is in uh, Allen's Park, Colorado, where you're nestled. There's no cell service, which is a good thing, <laughs> but you're nestled in the mountains, and you walk out in the morning and there's a mountain wow. uh, right right across from you. Uh, down in Arizona, uh, the Phoenix area, a beautiful Chapel Rock, a beautiful facility down there. Chattanooga, I just went to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh my gosh, that's eye candy. Um, yeah. it, it is, it's like a, the facility is a like on a, the co complex, the whole is on a peninsula with water all around it and every single room has a water view. Wow. And the ducks quacking in the morning, and the turtles, and and all of that. So, we have we find these facilities all across the country. So, do you go to all of them? Heavens, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have. We have six employees, and a, an army of about twenty um, to twenty-five. I haven't done the count this year. Volunteers, who we pay their expenses, but they give of their time to travel with us and help in leadership 
and supportive responsibilities at, at the camps. And we're always looking for volunteers that have the latitude of having, you know, a four or five day weekend that they can dedicate at least three or four times a year. And we're happy to talk with them if they feel drawn um, to that kind of volunteerism. So uh, John and I went, I, I can't travel without him. So he and I went to eight camps this year. But this year we started in March and we're ending in November. So we could kind of spread it out. Um, because of his fatigue level, we can't go too often. Sure. But I man managed to make it. I actually did a day trip with a couple of extra ones, but he and I went to eight um, where I directed them, and he just goes along and, and chats with the other survivors. And he's just a huge cheerleader for That's encouraging awesome. everyone to, to do better and to work hard. And you guys are doing this together, which is even more beautiful. Yeah, you know, w we married late in life, so you think, oh, we're going to retire, and we're going to travel. And I said, <laughs> God has a sense of humor. <laughs> I, haven't I haven't retired, but I got the travel thing going. <laughs> Well, you, you're retired, but you're volunteering. <laughs> and a little bit of both. Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. So we have places all over. So if you know of somebody that's somewhere in the country that's dealing with stroke, different levels of stroke, um, because it affects everybody a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. It does. Um, you're absolutely correct. Depending on where in the brain mm -hmm. it hits. Um, but a great place to... Um, I guess, what's the biggest benefit for a stroke survivor to go to one of your camps? They feel normal. The thing that I hear the most is the connectivity with others, and they feel normal. Um, a lot of stroke survivors, um, and you're, you're identifying with this right now, they have sensory deficiency or uh, on their affected side. And my husband has sensory deficiency on his right side. Even though he has motor ability, he doesn't have sensation. So he if there was food on that side of his mouth or his face, he wouldn't feel it. That is so, such a classic. So at camp, we all know that about each other. So you just do this and hand him a napkin and we all wipe our face. And we wait for them to retrieve the words. We have adaptive, you know, like a marker board or, or things where people can, if they have really severe aphasia, we can help them communicate. Um, we have open discussion groups three of them throughout the weekend, an hour long each with survivors together and caregivers together. And those survivors, they can share anything that's on their heart, that's on their soul. We have sobbing, we have cheering, we have you name it. And they say, I felt normal. I didn't feel embarrassed to talk about my situation right. and my uh, state of recovery. So, I mean, I think that's the single thing that I hear. Caregivers like the relaxation. Saturday mornings we have pampering with paraffin hand dips and foot massagers, and we always have a chair, a massage therapist do chair massages and man, little mini manicures and things. So, uh, and everybody likes those, men and women both. Mm -hmm. But it's just a time of relaxation. We do crafts, you know, and, and there people who like to do crafts. We have coloring pages. So we have, like, stations where people just navigate and do what they're comfortable doing and what they want to do. We always have, Saturday night's always a big celebration. We often do karaoke, make sure that there's a little dancing going on and, <laughs> and watching people lift someone out of a wheelchair so they can dance with their loved one that they haven't done mm -hmm. since the stroke is beyond. I mean, that's what keeps me going, yeah. those moments. Wow. That's awesome. Sorry. Oh, no. Are you a karaoke singer? Me? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah, at camp, <laughs> not anywhere else. Does everybody get up and do that? Oh, yeah, we, we have teams. Everybody gets, oh, yeah. Oh, fun. And, and interesting, we have a music therapist at every camp because music therapy connects with all of the other disciplines, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. Mm -hmm. Music is, and often when someone has aphasia and they can't speak, because music is stored in a different part of the brain and it uses all of the brain, they can sing. So it's a beautiful thing to watch someone who is only speaking one single word at a time or maybe two that can actually sing a song because it just comes back from a different place. And so everybody wants to sing. <laughs> Whether they're good or bad. Oh, it doesn't matter. We don't care. <laughs> do, do you have a go-to song? Do I have a go-to song? I like, yeah, I do. Um, um, what is the one um, that talks about the Christmas lights? It's an old country western song. That one, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, Grandma God. got ran over. Oh, <laughs> we were actually talking about whether the Chimers wanted to add that one to their Christmas oh, that'd be, tunes. That'd be it would be funny. That'd be fun. Yeah. I don't know. That would be cute. So how does someone... Redneck woman, that's it. I knew it would come to me. I would have never thought of that Redneck one. Redneck woman. I don't know why, but it, I guess it's the rhythm. Yeah. There you go. It's fun. I mean, that's what it's about, right? Just oh, letting absolutely. go and yeah. having fun and mm -hmm. enjoying life. And So how do people find out about the camps? Do you guys have a website? We have a website, strokecamp.org. Okay. O-R-G. Um, and there's a place to email there. And that email comes into my inbox so i get to handle all of i get to control everything so i get to handle all of those um and and i distribute them to the right person our website also has a lot of uh, it has a list of books that are all about stroke we have a traveling library that goes to every camp where people can look at the books and see which ones they need or which ones would benefit them without buying them because a lot of people have lost their income and finan finances is, is is a real issue um so and then we also have um, a link there for resources, which are places where I have found good information as well as um, adaptive equipment or gizmos and gadgets and things that can help streamline life. So as I get that information, as it comes in to me, I try and make sure that it's available on the website and we give it to everyone that goes to camp um, as well. So speaking of costs, then if people are low in funds, how do they go? Or is there a cost to them to go to the camp? That's a good question. The, the sponsors pay a fee to bring us to the community. But we've always felt as though there needs to be some skin in the game for the individuals attending. So uh, most of our camps, um, there's a little difference because of uh, uh, location, but most of our camps, it's 125 per person for the entire weekend. We uh, have been very blessed with generosity and some memorial money that we do have a scholarship fund. So we can help supplement that. So if someone, we do ask for $25, a minimum $25 uh, registration fee. And we have had a couple of sponsors who wanted to pay the fee for the campers and we had the highest incidence of no-shows because it was free, you know, and I, I can either show up or not show up. Right. Oh. So we've learned, we learned a lesson from that. Uh, so, um, then and all they have to do is just call our office and say i really need some help and if they can pay 50 or 75 we waive the the difference if they can only pay the 25 we waive the difference and so far every year the money has come in to pay for the scholarships that we've awarded so far that's wonderful. the more camps we do the more money we need but um it's just it's always worked out that at the end of the year we had enough money in that scholarship account to pay the scholarships hmm. so and I've, I've been adamant in keeping it affordable 
And I figure, you know, six meals and a weekend away, Very affordable. I think I, that's pretty affordable. Even church retreats are around that yeah. same price. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty typical. So I don't think we can go without talking about the signs of stroke. Absolutely not. Um, run us through the signs of stroke. All right. Um, the, the most universal one is the FAST message. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the FAST is the acronym. F being for face, uh, meaning someone's face is drooping on one side. If you see the drooping on one side, the assessment for that would be, um, give me a big cheesy smile. Is the face still symmetrical or is one side of the face drooping? Um, the second one for A is arms, and the next assessment after the face would be asking someone to hold out their arms, palms up, and then ask them to close their eyes. And if one arm drifts down or, or they're not able to lift it because it's because my husband had no use of his right side, um, that's a sign of stroke. 80% chance you're having a stroke. S, it stands for speech. And the next assessment is ask them for a simple sentence. And I understand these fifth graders with their grandpa said, Grandpa, say the grass is green. Because it's either the sky is blue, the grass is green, it's a nice day, a simple sentence. And can they say it? Can they remember it and say it and articulate it? Then that, again, that's another sign of stroke. T stands for time. Please, please, please call 911. Let the ambulance take you to the hospital. They can radio the stroke team, which can be waiting by the door. And they can start treating you the moment. They can have an MRI, a CT scan ready. People who, please don't take a nap. Please don't take it. And please don't call your neighbor to drive you to the hospital because you think you can't afford the ambulance. You can't afford to lose an hour of brain cells dying. 1.7 brain cells die per minute while a stroke is going on. Mm. And you can't afford to lose those. And you have less than four hours from what I learned. Once it's past four hours, the medication really doesn't take effect. It does so. not. Now, there are some other, there's some retrieval devices where they, it's kind of a corkscrew device, and they can go into the vessel and pull a clot if they see it. But if you've had four hours of a clot, your brain is dying and, and being damaged throughout that. Right. So, Yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, sh a fairly short window for that. And we've seen some miraculous recoveries for people who get the message. And that's why we're passionate about it. And our, the reason we do all, the, all of our awareness, our strikeout strokes and our other awareness things, is because our survivors said, well, I took a nap. I didn't know the signs. I didn't recognize it. So because our survivors said, we need to do something to get the word out so others don't suffer what I have, mm -hmm. that's how that all grew. Explain to us what aphasia is. Aphasia is a, it's a speech and language um, problem, I guess. That's not the word I wanted, but that's what came up. Um, it's, it's the inability for the brain to retrieve the words. And, and how John, my husband, describes it, he said, I know what I want to say, and I feel like my brain is circling in a circle, but what I say isn't what I think I'm saying. Right. And so he and he can't he can't always retrieve the word he wants. He's learned to talk in circles and tell stories so that I I can figure it out. So it it's not a lack of intelligence. It's a lack of retrieval of words because the language center is damaged where the words are stored. So the, our words are stored in our language center, all millions of them. And if that part is damaged, then I no longer have that word stored there. 
as time goes on and with lots of therapy and, and all the exciting things that happen, those words are stored elsewhere, but they're not stored in the language center. So instead of the brain going zoom and, and having that word come out in a nanosecond, the brain has to spin around and find that word where it's stored because it's not stored in the place it's supposed to be. So the brain is searching for it. So that's why the language If you're is... looking for the word hat and you normally reach right here and uh -huh. grab a hat and it's a hammer, you say hammer instead of Exactly. Hat. My husband, uh, knew, it's interesting, hands and feet, he'll, he'll say hands and feet, get those mixed up. Him and her, he gets mixed up. And newspaper and mail. He'll say, did you get the mail? And he might mean the newspaper or he might mean the mail. <laughs> so his, his mix-ups are similar. They're similar words, so I've, I've learned to figure out what it is. Another uh, problem that happens is apraxia. And apraxia is the inability for the muscles of your mouth and your tongue and your throat to form the words. Mm -hmm. So those people often have the words, but it's very slow and pragmatic for those words to come out and be formulated because we don't realize how many hundreds of muscles and things uh, with our throat and our neck and our cheeks and lips and tongue form those words. Something else we take for Yes. It, that's the you know that's that's so interesting because when John struggled so badly with the communication at first, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you you just forget how mm -hmm. quickly we retrieve what we want. Yeah. Well, we're already done with our time segment here. Um, I knew, I knew <laughs> starting to talk to you that we would just yeah go through this hour. We didn't do a rehearsal either. <laughs> <laughs> Website one more time. Strokecamp.org. And so if you want to volunteer or learn more, just go yeah, there. And go there. Yeah. We also have, we're on Facebook, Retreat and Refresh on Facebook and United Stroke Alliance on Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Be sure to share and uh, talking about um, Kelly Schneider of What's Up Peoria. She works with Stroke Camp also. But check out What's Up Peoria uh, Sunday and find out how you can win some Riverman tickets. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. PeoriaLife.com